doing way more than that. We're building an all-in-one app. Imagine property management software plus Uber plus Airbnb experiences, events, you know, like imagine all three of those combined in one system. Right now, your housekeeping app is a separate app the residents have to download. All right. And just like that, we are back again with another episode of the Mind the Growth podcast. As always, I am Chris Kinghorn. And I'm Eric Hoffman. And we have a special guest today, a friend of me and a friend of the podcast, Conrad Kasawa. Kasawa. Kaswara. 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 And I practiced it too. All How right. good of a friend is that, man? That's uh, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't start off well. Hey, it's a tough name. It's a tough name. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for, okay. for coming you. on. We, yeah, we appreciate it. So, uh, Conrad, can you give us uh, just a quick intro of who you are, what you do, both personally, professionally, so the, the listeners have a better idea? Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. So, uh, you know, I, I run Elevated Living, uh, which is a prop tech uh, platform for uh, luxury apartment communities. I, you know, it's my full-time job. It's my, uh, that's all I do. <laughs> I don't do anything else. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, I have a one and a half year old. Uh, so I have a family now. Right. And I enjoy, you know, traveling. I, you know, work out, uh, play sports. So I'm really big into kind of just kind of having that balance. Yeah. I've been doing elevated living, uh, which has been my like second baby essentially for quite a while now. So I had my first company that accidentally ended up in, in multifamily like nine years ago and saw a bunch of problems that, you know, property managers were dealing with. And about four or five years ago, we, uh, created elevated living, which has exploded the last, you know, few years. And, you know, a lot of properties have typically not adopted technology and it's been getting a lot more prevalent now that real estate owners are using more technology. So it's, it's been really good. I cannot complain. Right. And that's awesome. I think that's it. So did you, uh, did you have a real estate background at, uh, in the beginning of this or what, what kind of drove you to, to that kind of ecosystem? Yeah. So, uh, it's actually crazy what happened and how it evolved, but uh, essentially, you know, nine years ago, I uh, was really big into like fitness and, uh, you know, I, I was working a part-time job as a trainer because it was flexible. I was able to go to grad school, do college, and it was good money. I was, you know, at the time, like this is when I was like 17, 16 years old. You know, my friends are making like 15 bucks an hour. I'm making like 30, <laughs> making my own schedule, you know, and... So I, I did training and it was, it was a great job. And uh, when I went to grad school, I actually went to grad school for physical therapy in Northwestern Chicago. And I had to quit my job because it was like full-time grad program, nine to five. And I, you know, for a few months, I didn't really do too much, but then I'm like, I need to start making some money because these loans are piling up. And I came up with a business idea, which was shy. It was called shy town trainer. And, you know, it was just out of the blue. And the plan was that we're going to like do in home fitness to, we would come to people, right? Like almost like Uber, but for personal training. Right. And, um, you know, it was, there was no plan to do any real estate, multifamily, anything along those lines. It was simply, 
going to be like B to C and, you know, people would contact us, fill out a form, we get them set up and, you know, it ended up evolving. So like we started working downtown and, um, you know, we got like, I, we had like these t-shirts that said shy town trainer. So people would see us and these property managers were like, who are you guys? Like you guys are just in all of our buildings. And, um, before you know it, uh, we got, uh, someone reached out to us and said, Hey, we want you guys to do our fitness classes inside the building. And from that one building, we ended up getting like 15 more buildings pretty quickly. So that's when I realized I'm like, oh, like there's something here. Like it makes sense. You know, it's almost like you're marketing to the building instead of relying on Google AdWords to get clients, right? Like you're, you're, you're like a captive audience, right? I started focusing on buildings quite a bit. And, you know, from there, that's how I got involved in multifamily. Um, and, you know, within you know, a few short years, we, we did like a million dollars in revenue, uh, which was for me a lot of time. And, uh, I was like, how can I, I kind of get bored easily. So I was like, how can I do more? Cause it was just, it was just fitness. And, um, I, I felt like I mastered it. I felt like I capped out on my growth. Like it was growing, but it was like, I wanted to grow horizontally. Right. And I talked to a lot of property managers and they said, you know, they have all these apps, they use all these different vendors. Right. So like, there's a fitness company, right? There's an event company. There's a housekeeping company. There's a pet services company. They have apps to do maintenance requests, to pay rent. And I basically was just like soaking in the information. I had no, I was like an outsider of, of like multifamily. I had no idea like what they use. Like I didn't know what Yardi was or Entrada or, you know, real page or like no idea. So, you know, I just soaked in the information, ended up saying, you know what, like, let me see some of these apps. Let me see what you have. And I saw that it was like really bad. And I was like, I can do a better job. Uh, and I was like, I was not like a coder. I, I'm not like a coder where I make apps, but I was always like a tech guy. And I was like, can't be that hard to figure out. Hire the right people to get the job done. Right? <laughs> so, you know, that's you know, ultimately like, you know, how we started elevated living, you know, it was basically just getting feedback from clients and coming up with a game plan to make things better. Um, so I was a long <laughs> side story, but hopefully that, that helps. That's perfect. Yeah. So just to kind of level set Conrad, you and I, we, we met online and this was now about a year and a half ago when we were both expecting our first kids because <laughs> our kids are roughly the same age. Yep. And the reason we met was because I loved your app so much that I wanted to buy it. And at the time, you were, uh, you were looking right. at potentially partnering or selling or doing a, a number of different things, which we'll get into a little more specifics. But Part of the reason why I loved it and one of the long running themes of our show, because we have a lot of different entrepreneurs on, is a lot of great business people start in an area of business where they have absolutely no experience, but they have expertise in another area. And what that introduces is lots of serendipity to be able to see things a little bit different from the incumbents and be able to develop a business that maybe uh, is more unique for the public and the public really, uh, you know, grabs onto it. So it sounds like that's been uh, a theme for you as well, that you've just kind of found a niche and dove right into it with your experience in physical 
fitness and, you know, training and things like that. And just so happened to develop an app that properties seem to love. So one of my questions is when you think of a business idea like that, how do you go about developing it? Because I think that's what a lot of people run into. Like, hey, I have a great idea for this app or I have a great idea for this SaaS business, but I have no experience coding. I have no experience developing a technology company. What did you do when you thought, hey, this would be a pretty cool idea? Did you just go online to find yeah. developers or did you know people? How did that work for you? Yeah, so I think... Great question. Um, I think definitely like I did, I get asked this a lot, right? So essentially the, the best way to say it is Google, right? Google, like being a Googler, like when I hire employees now, like I value people that are Googlers and can do research <laughs> on their own. And, you know, I am a Googler, I'm a YouTuber, you know, I, I learn, you know, same thing with like reading books, right? All the, like, there's so many free tools nowadays to, that you can get just without paying anything that will show you how to get from point A to point B, right? And with me, you know, I didn't have a coding background. I have no idea how to manage a, a software development team. I had no idea. And I remember at the time I was freaking out, but what I realized I had to do was ultimately acting like I know what I'm talking about. So, you know, I ended up going on Upwork. I made a job proposal, which was very like just novice. I have it actually. I looked at like all my old stuff and it was like, I was like, how do I get away with this? Um, you know, <laughs> kind of knowing what I know now, but it was very novice. It was the worst probably proposal like for a job that I've, that someone could probably look at. But I met with probably 30 to 40 different companies, right? And I, I basically, from each one, I learned something new, right? So just by interviewing somebody for a job, you ask them, what do you recommend? What do you recommend I do, right? And they're going to tell you what they recommend. And guess what? On the second person you meet, you already know one recommendation. So that, that second person might say the same thing, or they might say a different way. So you know, from the 40 interviews I did where I was narrowing down companies who I want to work with, who's going to make sense for us long term, um, I narrowed down, you know, basically like it was a smaller kind of ups, like startup uh, company that was similar to me. They're very hungry. I like their energy. Right. Um, and I ended up working with them to build my MVP. Right. And again, I narrowed it down for 40 companies. I had no idea what I was looking for. I just needed to figure out who I can trust. I think at that at, at that early stage, you got to figure out who who you can trust, because you're not an expert. You have no idea how to code. If they can screw you, if they can lie to you, you got to figure out who you can trust, and then from there, you can you know as you go, you you learn more. That's, Are you that makes complete sense, and I'm going to step in here because I have yeah, go ahead. a very relatable um, <laughs> experience, Conrad. I don't know how much uh, you know about my story. Is I got into the tech world with zero tech experience. I had grown up in the construction ecosystem and uh, decided it was a great idea to build a construction technology platform. And kind of here I am today. Kind of it's funny the the learning curve that you described is something that I can relate to extremely. So one question, but maybe two answers. So if you could go back in time and give yourself two pieces of, of advice, knowing now what you know now about the process. You know, you, maybe you've got technical advisors, you've got business advisors, et cetera. So if you could maybe choose one or two, it's the important big things that you could tell yourself, you know, X amount of years ago, what would those be? 
by the way, I'm like, I'm not a fan of like going back in time and like telling myself stuff because I feel like everything happens for a reason, right? But, okay, okay. So let's 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 change it then. Let's change it then. Knowing what you know now, what would you do differently in the future on a new venture? Maybe just one or two different pieces. If we think forward instead of backwards. Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, the one thing I would I would do uh, again, maybe better, is you know if you're developing a new app or whatever it is, right? I think you need to always start with the designs first. So like if I were to, again, recommend anything, doing anything like from scratch, make your designs first. So make your designs, your prototypes one, and then get your, like whatever costs, budgeting, you're getting a developer for, like those should be first because I, I don't think I did it that way. I think I did like a, Microsoft Word document <laughs> that described like, you know, what, uh, what I want, you know, functions. I think it's, I think it's much better to have a rough idea of like a wireframe even doesn't have to be like a final design, but a wireframe of how you want it to work, what buttons you need. You know, and then, and then keep it simple because I feel like my first version of our app, I think I was trying to build a Salesforce, like, like no joke. Like I, I talked to, I laugh about this with people all the time. Like, I like the, if I, you read through my requirements, it's like, I'm building a Salesforce CRM, like on steroids. And I'm like, why did, like, I don't need this stuff. You can, you can easily connect to a, to a Salesforce or to a HubSpot, you know? Um, so it's almost like, you know, start small because, you know, you don't need to spend a ton of money to get your MVP out the door. Um, you're using the basic functions and you just need basic integrations with, existing systems like Salesforce or HubSpot or whatever else you want to use. No, that makes sense. I, I like to phrase that as keep it uh, Sesame Street. So my development yeah. team has heard me say that way too many times. Um, uh, well, I've got one more question, then I'll flip it to Eric. Do you or do you guys have in-house development at this point or uh, yeah. what's what's the team kind of? Okay, awesome. Cool. Yeah, we do. So it's a, it's a mix. Exciting. So I have, um, I'm Polish, hence my difficult last name. Um, so <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm a citizen in Poland. I, I am a dual citizen. Like, you know, so I have the capability where I, I have developers there and here. Um, so it's not like our full time, full staff is here only. We have some people here in, in, in the US and then we have some in Poland. It's because it's lower costs. I mean, that's the best way to say it. No, that makes I, and, sense. And I would and, recommend uh, that. I would recommend that. I feel like that's been my advantage. <clears throat> and that's the reason why I haven't had to raise money. You know, if you're raising money, I mean, your your software development costs are going to be outrageous. Um, you know, I've been able to bootstrap it uh, for a long time, and I'm, I get the same features done as a lot of my competitors. If you look at my competitor apps, like like our app, some people say it's better. <laughs> so I love that. Yep. That's yeah. awesome. And uh, Eric's going to lag about five seconds because he's <laughs> on the worst Wi-Fi ever. So let's, uh, let's move to you now, Eric. Yeah, th thanks, Cox. Uh, so... What I wanted to segue with, because you mentioned something that I'm curious about, with your MVP product when you were first developing it, are you able to share any details about how long it took, what that cost roughly was for somebody you know, who's thinking about starting a business and doesn't know, does this thing cost $20,000 to develop or does it cost $5,000? Give us some idea or experience there. Sure. If you can. So you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna laugh, or people that are listening are probably gonna laugh. But 
Um, to me, this was like a lot of money. Like this is like me, like giving somebody like a house for free. Like, so it was, I think my first MVP was like 40, 45 K and that, and that was it to get like the platform live. So it, it wasn't that bad. So that was like our first, like we went live 40, 45 K. And then from there we started, you know, we added more, we were adding more features over time, but it was, again, for me, it was a lot. Cause you know, imagine you have one revenue stream, which is fitness and you're yeah. using that to, you know, number one, pay yourself and number two, pay everybody else that's involved. Right. And then software development fees. So, sure. you know, it was per month, even if it was like five grand, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's like dropping the bucket. <laughs> yeah. Luckily. And it was months. Uh, and I was going to say lengthwise, I forgot to answer that question. Lengthwise, I think it took like two, three months. So it was pretty quick. Yeah, not bad. It was like a, yeah. it was like a sprint, one big sprint. <clears throat> and shout out to Upwork. You're not sponsoring us yet, but you could sponsor us Upwork because we've all used you many times. And <laughs> uh, there's a lot of great talent on there, despite what some people say. Uh, I love it. So uh, let's take a step back in time to when we first met and we were talking about your business. Can you give me an idea of where your head was at at the time when you were thinking about well, do I do I sell this and you know move on to a new project? Do I partner with somebody? What were you What were you hoping for, and what spurred that moment for you, and what wound up happening? Sure. So you know, ultimately, I think uh, you know when we when we when we met, I was looking at almost like bringing on a partner. I think that's really ultimately what I was looking for. So I'm like a the best way to describe me, like I, I'm like a sales operations products. Like I, those three things are like, I really, I'm really good at those three things. I kind of know what the business needs, know what it, it, you know, where, where it lacks, where the strengths are. Right. Like, so that's where I'm really good. I'm really good at building systems, putting people in, in, in a team, like even managing software developers, which, you know, I had no idea about, but I guess if you can manage any, somebody, you can manage anybody. Right. So that's where I'm strong. And I feel like I'm not, I'm not like the venture capital. I'm not the finance guy that raises money. Like that is not my <laughs> forte. Right. And, you know, I felt like, I think maybe you could, you could say frustrated because, mm -hmm. you know, I had a really great product. Clients liked it. And it's funny. Cause when I, the, you know, my idea of raising money was like, let's fill out a form on a, some VCs website um, and see if they contact me. And like, but that's what, that's what I, you know, that's what I knew. That's what I did. And, right. you know, I'd get a meeting and they'd be like, you know, asking me for all these crazy, you know, financials. And I, I had like a small business. It was, it, it was like, we were doing really good, but like, it wasn't probably in the format that they wanted. Um, and I didn't know kind of like how to sell them the story or whatever. Um, I think also like one of the, because we were disrupting so many different industries, you know, we were combining so many different things. I would run into VCs that said, oh, I invested in a housekeeping company. And I'm like, okay, I get you did that, but we're doing way more than that. We're building an all-in-one app. Imagine property management software plus Uber plus Airbnb experiences, events, you know, like imagine all three of those combined in one system. Right now, your housekeeping app is a separate app that residents have to download. And it's funny because like, some of these companies, there's, like, there's a few, I don't want to mention them, throw them on their bus, but there's a pet company that did pet services for multifamily buildings, raised two, $3 million, went out of business. 
There's a company that with the housekeeping business, again, raised about 9 million, went out of business. So it's one of, it's funny because I look back, I'm like, thank God I didn't take venture capital funding. It actually, I always say everything works out for a reason because it made me become super lean. Think about like capital efficiency. Um, and I was able to, you know, uh, come out on top, I think, you know, in a sense that, you know, I, uh, found a new business partner, right? So what came out of it was like, I got a new business partner who is, has like a financial background, right? Did hedge funds, bought and sold businesses. So if I, if I do need help on that, you know, I have that, you know, cause you might, right? Like you land a big deal. Let's say I land a 40, 50,000 unit deal, right? I've been able to onboard, like if, if, a, if a multifamily company came to me and said, I have 20,000 units, right? No problem. I can handle that. I'll, I'll, I like, we can internally handle that upfront, like those salaries that I, those new people I have to hire upfront, right? I can bootstrap that. But if we get like probably 80,000 units that we have to onboard on our platform, I have to hire a lot more people. And at that point, that's where you go to uh, someone who has financing capital. You say, Hey, we are, we landed a huge deal. It's going live in the next six months. We need some capital, right? And I like by myself, like I probably wouldn't have figured that out, but now I have a, a business partner where they'll handle that for me. I'm not going to have to deal with it. And they're very like well-versed in venture capital, fundraising, all that stuff. Right. So, you know, I think ultimately I think I was looking for, for somebody like that, that would compliment me. Cause until that point, I didn't have anybody. It was basically me in my own head making decisions conrad or the my way or the highway right <laughs> um so it's it's almost like it's nice to have that that person that's like super high level that can give you that 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 advice you know from the fin financials perspective right totally yeah so run, running a business i always say is is definitely a dictatorship not a democracy it's uh <laughs> a lot of people misunderstand that but also I, I remember when we first started talking about your business and I was interested in uh, purchasing it or, you know, being a part of it in some way. The one thing that I thought of, and probably the reason it didn't work, A, I was too poor at the time to be able to purchase it. But more importantly, I think you and I are kindred spirits in the sense that we have a lot of similarities and expertise in the strategy, the the management of the business, et cetera. So you were definitely looking for somebody that was not me and you it's I'm glad you found them because it sounds like it's a good fit. And, uh, I, it's, it's interesting to hear that type of situation play out. And now that that's been done, where, where's the company at today and what's the, the growth trajectory looking like over the next few years? Yeah, I mean, like last year. So like, you know, ultimately one of the big things to, with the deal was, you know, I wanted to be able to run the company the way I want to run it. So I, mm -hmm. I have that ability because I, I feel like I did a good job. Right. And I felt like I want to keep doing it. So, you know, one of the things that I liked about my, you know, my business partner I have now is that I, I make all the decisions, you know, it's like when I need help, that's when I go and ask for some ideas or help me get through this little situation that I have. But for the most part, I make all decisions, hiring, like strategy, um, you know, myself. And, you know, since, since, so about a year, you know, we've tripled our revenue, right? 
So it's been going really well. And I think part of, I think part of what happened too was, and a lot of, I think companies that bootstrap will relate to me, what I'm, what I'm about to say, you know, when you bootstrap a company every month, you're faced with a decision. Do I pull money out that, that 50,000 or whatever, whatever your profit is per month, you, do you pull it out of the company or do you hire more people? Do you reinvest it in a new feature, product, whatever it is, right? Like basically do you pull it out or do you reinvest? And I think, you know, over time, you know, when you're, when you're doing something for so long, for me, it was, I think four years at the, at the time already where I was, you know, reinvesting for four years nonstop. It takes discipline to do that, you know, to have to be on a, like a $70,000 salary where your business is, is, was generating way more than that and not pulling out more than that. Like it, it, you need to be very disciplined to do that. And, you know, when I had a baby coming, right, my wife was pregnant, you know, it makes me think about like, if it was just me, I know myself, I would, I would probably just keep going. Right. I could live in a little, you know, den worst case scenario. But when you have a baby coming and you have a family, right. Like you got to get smart with, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket. Right. So, you know, part of the, you know, the nice situation about the, the deal that I made is that I was able to take some chips off the table, but still kind of do what I want to do without, you know, it's almost like I de-risked myself. Right. And now I'm every day I wake up and I know that all the profit that we are generating, right. I'm reinvesting hundred percent. There's no battle in my head of like, do I pull it out this month or do I reinvest? It's basically like, and I was able to do that the last pretty much 12 months. That's what I did. I hired more people. We implemented a lot of new systems. I basically went all in on expanding across the U S like, for example, when we met, we had probably one building in Florida. We have probably close to 50 buildings in Florida right now. Right. So it's just kind of, you know, when you put all the money back into the business and don't pull any pennies out, don't do any distributions, dividends to yourself, it makes a big difference. It's almost like you're a venture backed company because all, all that profit you're just reusing to, to fund growth. Right. So it has worked out and I'm very happy. Like, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's definitely like challenging to bootstrap, you know, it, it is, it's like a, it's like a very, it's like a game of mental discipline. Well, it's, it's not, it's venture strap or it's venture backed essentially by you. You're, you're the venture at that point. And it definitely makes you more cognizant of where dollars are spent and staying linked. So I really love how you have made that such an important piece because it truly is. And the ability to, you know, limit the amount of VC capital that comes in, you know, there's a lot of the decisions that are kind of taken away from you when those scenarios happen. So I, I think it's amazing that you've been able to do that. Um, Conrad, can you give us kind of, because uh, you'd mentioned the number of buildings in Florida, can you just give us a general idea of you know, how many customers you guys have or how many buildings, kind of what that looks like just in, in regards to size? Yeah. So we, I don't know if we already did or if we're about to, we're very close to cl- crossing over a hundred thousand apartment units. So it's, we, you know, this year has been a big year. So like last year was a record year and then like this year was even like crazier. So yeah, we're close to almost a hundred thousand units right now. That's amazing. That's awesome. And what 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 is the what's the headcount look like for you guys internally? Our company's built. Uh, there's employees and there's contractors. So, you know, if you kind of combine, uh, you know, all of them, we have probably like a team of about 
35 employees, like corporate employees, which also has grown. Um, and then contractors, we probably work with, I call them partners, but probably have close to four to, four to 500 partners across the US that we work with. That's amazing. It's a great ecosystem. And in terms of the product itself, over the last few years that have been record years for you, have you noticed any particular aspect of the product that's been a big growth lever, like any service in particular, or what have you seen in the data over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think our biggest, uh, I think, so like it goes back to, I think our, our overall like capital efficiency. So like our platform is one, I believe it's the lowest cost platform out there. It has probably all the same bells and whistles that most, I call them like incumbent platforms have that, that, that charge more, right? Um, but the biggest difference is, is based on like what I started with nine years ago. So like, I'm like a, I'm a guy who knows services. I know how to make, I know how to monetize services. And at the same time, if you go to a luxury apartment, what does everybody want now? They want everything on demand. They want convenience. They want, and so I'm able to monetize the services. And I feel like our app is really good at monetizing services and bringing value back to the owner. So you know, ownership groups, they want, they want revenue. They want like, you know, they want to make some, they want to make whatever you're making. Right. So we've, because of my expertise in how to run services and staffing and all that, we've been able to be very efficient and, and make profit off of those, those things. And, you know, our platform just helps leverage that, right? Like our platform makes everything efficient. Um, and it's almost like I built a platform in my head. Like I was like, here's how services need to work. I know how to build a platform to, to match that, right? And I think where a lot of tech companies that in my space are kind of failing is, you know, they are thinking more about features, right? Like let's build a feature, but they don't think about how, how does the backend operations have to run for a, for a service or for uh, staffing, right? They don't think about that. They build a feature but that feature doesn't always maximize efficiency. Do you know what I mean? So I think like our app, where our strengths are, are on the, again, staffing services uh, aspect uh, that help kind of influence that resident experience, like that Uberization of services, right? Um, you know, a lot of platforms that I've seen that I've looked at, you know, they, they just do like a link out. You want to get a dog walker? You just, it just links you to wag.com, right? And, you know, you can't make money on that. Wag.com is going to pay you, they're going to pay you 1%. You're going to get a referral fee of 1% off of a $17 dog walk. You're going to get like one, uh, maybe a penny and penny 0.7 of a penny, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, you know, those things I think are where we win, right? No, that's, that's awesome. Conrad, can you, um, so I love the vision. I think the product's really cool. And I've got a, I was looking at the website a little bit earlier too, to kind of like fully understand the suite of what it is. And you've got this idea of wanting to have as big of a suite as possible, or at least what you feel comfortable in or that you would be almost an expert in, in providing service. So what's the vision with it in the next year and the next three years, five years, where do you guys want to take this? Is it, is it kind of getting to scale in regards to the number of customers or have you, do you have the, the product in a state where, um, do you want to continue to build it or are you guys just looking to scale it? I guess. Yeah. So great question. So right now, like my primary focus is how can I 
So the services, I feel like we mastered, right? So my primary focus the last probably year has been how can we, um, how can how can our platform improve operations of a building, right? That are not related to services because the services we already have that 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 bucket's done. We already figured that out. So you know maintenance requests, rent payment, right? How can we add value in like bigger bigger operational, you know things that a property manager has to deal with every day. I want them to be in my platform, just like you use, um, you know, Salesforce for your, you know, sales and marketing, right? Like I want the property managers in our platform every single day. And I want the residents in our app every single day. So it's almost like you have to, you know, what I call, you know, I call it like opportunities to create engagement, right? So how to get someone to go into your app, you have to add value, right? So I've been focusing on access control integration. So opening doors, common spaces, um, you know, smart home integrations, right? Thermostat control. So like that is my priority right now. Like everything, it's, so it's, it's mainly tech related, which I believe is easier. Like manage, like I feel like managing people, services, all that, that's hard. Building features that are just pure tech related where you, there's an on and off switch for something and once there's no bugs and the bugs are all fixed, it works perfect every single time. That's easy. You know, like when we built, um, I remember when we first kind of built our first operational feature, like a few years ago, uh, amenity reservations. So people can reserve like a guest suite or a party room. That was like our first real kind of operational feature in our app. And I was like, wow, this is so easy. <laughs> it was, it was like, it was so easy and there's no issues. It's like, residents are using it we've had probably over a million reservations on that feature in that one little module um since we since we launched it um and and i don't hear any, any issues about it right versus like when you're dealing with you know housekeeper housekeeper doesn't show up they came late you know like those are the things that are harder to do no absolutely well so what one thing that's i'm really curious about is so what what do you see as being the most what what do you see as being more important the kind of the customer interaction or user experience for the landlord the tenants or the vendors that you guys work with and i know that's kind of a loaded difficult question but what's the i don't know if it's a hierarchy of priority or how i would describe it but how does that all tie back into the business i would say this i would say the resident should be number one because you know the property managers you know, what they focus on, I would say like majority of the time is financials, right? Managing the property, right? Like, so they're doing reports and obviously like you want ease of access, like you want it to be for everybody, right? But I, I would say if there's a lot of things that residents do on a daily basis that property managers don't really go in and use the app on a daily basis, right? Like, they might see the reports in there. They might see like requests for stuff, but the residents are, are your subscribers, right? So it's almost like the building is my client. The client of the building is the residents. And I call the residents subscribers because they have 12 month annual subscriptions and you don't want them to cancel because they have a bad experience. So it's almost like you want the resident uh, to have a flawless experience, right? When they move in to the moment they move out. Um, the property manager stuff can always be worked through, you know, like our app wasn't perfect. Like four years ago, like it wasn't perfect, but, but here's the thing. I would talk to my clients and I would tell them like, Oh, like, how do you want it to look like? 
how do you want this to function? We'll build it exactly how you tell us you want it. And like, so with clients, clients are more under understanding because, you know, they know that you're working with them to build it the way they want, right? Whereas residents, you have one chance. I mean, imagine you download an app from the app store and it sucks. You're never, you're going to delete it right away. You're going to make an account. You're going to delete your account and you're going to delete the app. You're going to uninstall the app from the app store or from your phone. So like you have one chance to basically show a resident that this app is good, right? Prior to having our baby, I did not realize the amount of free time that I actually had in my day and how I squandered that so often. And now I'm probably more time efficient than I've ever been in my life because I don't have a lot of time, so I have to make it as efficient as possible. Have you experienced this at all? I was I I was always efficient with yeah. my time. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> so you, I, you were ahead of the I game. hate when like time time yeah, is wasted. Yeah. Uh yeah. And like I think I think when we met, I'll be honest, I think I remember like when we talked about like the you know, you having yeah, a kid, yeah. I me having a kid. I remember I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, dude, you don't know what you're into, man. Like it's gonna yeah, like yeah. your life's about to end. Like you're gonna have no free well, time. Let me tell you uh you know, so it was one of those things where let, let me tell you exactly what you told me. So when we were talking at the time, uh, I, I was all psyched about the business because it, as people have now heard, it's a great business and really unique. And so we were, we had a few discussions and then you just came out. You're like, dude, you're not going to buy this business. You're not going to partner in this business. You're not going to invest in this business. You're two months away from having a kid and you're not going to have any time. So <laughs> I appreciate it, but, uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get somebody who, who can help me out. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tough, you know, like, you know, having like, you know, you know, I don't know, like how your support is, but I'm lucky that my wife, you know, she stopped working. And she's kind of, you know, work, you know, dealing with him full time. And I was like this, like, you know, props to all the females out there, the mothers, because, you know, I've there's been days where I had to babysit him like the whole day. And it's it's a mentally like, you know, like going to work every day, it's like you're strategizing, you're, you know, how am I going to, you know, what's the plan for next year? Like, who do I have to hire? It's mentally exhausting, right? But like, I would say what's worse than that is watching, you know, your six, you know, 16 month or 18 month toddler uh, for a whole day. Like you're mentally wiped yeah. out after that, you know, like he's just like running around trying to commit suicide <laughs> off the table, like, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. And, uh, you know, that's why, like I said, props to all the moms out there giving a, I'm going to give a shout out, like, especially the ones who are working full time. Like it's crazy. I don't know how they do it. Like I, I, I tell all my friends now that work full time and have kids, I go, you guys are like, like yeah. gods. I don't know. Shout, how do shout out to my wife. I've got a friend who she ended up continuing to work. <laughs> Shout out to Rana. I've got a, a friend who continued to work after um, after having a kid, and she took about a month off or so. And she decided that um, she was going to basically take her entire salary and, and pay for a nanny kind of during the day because yep. she's like, I just can't be there the whole time. I need some sort of buffer, and I need to have some kind of some sort of separation. Yeah, that, but just for, for yeah. reference, for reference, that's what we did because my wife works full time and she is a rock star. And we tried out uh, a few different methods because we both have our families here. They helped out at the beginning, but we got to a point where we're like, yeah, we need to hire a nanny. And she 
toyed with the idea of, uh, you know, not working and being a full stay at home mom and, you know, that sort of thing, which she could have done and she would have been great. But she luckily has a, a great position, a great salary and financially and mentally for her and us, it was a better idea for her to continue to work full time. And she works from home, so she still gets time with our daughter. And luckily, we now have a great nanny that can help out when we need it. So yeah, it, different different solutions for everyone. But I agree, uh, it's it's more than a full time right. job, <laughs> and it's a lot of a lot of work. Yeah, it's 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 like crazy. <laughs> Absolutely, I don't think people that don't have kids understand no. it, right? Like Yeah. Uh, how does that how does that sound, Chris? So, yeah, I I absolutely. I'm I'm still still a few years away from it, so I'm uh yeah, I've I've got I've got some time. Um Conrad, so we we appreciate the time, man. This has been awesome. Um one question that we ask everybody. So the name of the the podcast is Mind the Growth, and um we try to ask everybody the same question at the end of the podcast is what does the word growth mean to you? Growth. What does growth mean to me? scaling, growing as a person. I mean, uh, you know, it could be business related, it could be personal growth. Um, so I, th- I, I think you have a great name because <laughs> you can kind of go, you know, like the first thing that came to me was, again, because I'm, I'm like a workaholic, but the first thing that came to me was work. <laughs> so c- company growth, right? But, you know, personal growth is huge too, right? Like I feel, you know, we even talked about it like when I first me started on my little venture right like i feel like now if i had to do it all over again like you know it'd be a whole different ball game right so yeah that's awesome well i really appreciate you coming on i like it yeah no that's it's huge i mean and there's no wrong answer so it's it's uh it's always a a great open-ended question yeah thanks for having me awesome guys thanks we're gonna we're gonna talk soon offline but we hope you all enjoyed the episode we're gonna edit the rest (laughs) yeah we're gonna edit the rest of it out eric because you're skipping like crazy all right (laughs) (laughs) eric the audio guy is gonna have a he's gonna have a fucking field day with this one all right conrad thank you so much man it was great to meet you yeah take care guys thanks for having me